What's up? Hello and welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. I am Matt Thomas, joined by my best friend and co-host, Justin Goodrum. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Falls in the air and so is the NBA preseason. So I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Yeah, same fall in the air. Like you said, we got the balloon fiesta going on here in Albuquerque, which of course is like our biggest event of the year. For those of you who don't know and who probably haven't been to experience it, always a fun time and the weather's great. And like you, I'm very excited for the preseason that's going on right now, but even more excited to get ready to tip off the season. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. I love these topics, these these types of conversations. Justin, you know I geek out about ranking stuff and putting up lists and <laughs> things like that. I'm a real nerd for it. And that's what we're going to be doing today with our Western Conference rankings. And just to preface this, this isn't like a championship preview. This isn't like a one through 15 who are the best teams in the West. This is how we think the regular season is going to turn out. We did a couple months ago, some early, early over-unders, and now we're going to kind of have the full picture with the full Western Conference rankings here. So we're going to go a nice, solid one through 15, rapid fire, give you guys our thoughts on how we think the Western Conference will shake out. Before we do that, just a quick reminder, we usually do it at the end. Today, we'll do it at the beginning. You can get in touch with the show, hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Keep in mind, we're dropping interviews every week as well. Some great off-season content for you all. Just had an interview drop with Ben Lyons, who's always gracious enough to join the show. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And check out our library if you're just looking, if you're just hungry for basketball content to get you through this gap here until we start the regular season. So without further ado, Justin, let's get into our rankings. We're going to start from the top and go to the bottom. I'll mention over-unders for the teams that I'm listing. We have some differences in our lists, so we'll see where those are. And I'll go ahead and kick us off since I'm I'm yamming, I'm hemming and hawing here anyway. Number one on the list, over-under at 54 and a half games, it's the Denver Nuggets. The quick note that I made is continuity. You've got continuity on this team. And of course, you've got Jokic, who many have argued he should have been the three-peat MVP last season. Of course, he wasn't. But you've got Jokic. You've got continuity. You didn't really miss out on bringing back a lot of critical pieces. You lost Jeff Green. You lost Bruce Brown. I don't think the, those are major losses with all due respect to those players. So I do see them... I don't know that the number will be 54 or 55 games. I could see it lower than that in a tight Western conference, but I do think the nuggets will be there at the top when it's all said and done. Justin, I know you have agreement on your list, your thoughts on the nuggets. Yeah, I concur. And I would add one more thing. They're underrated and under the radar. Yeah. And especially now with all this buzz around the Eastern conference, the Lakers get plenty of shine. The Suns are going to have plenty of headlines. Don't forget about the Clippers. People are going to forget about the Nuggets. That works perfectly within their favor. And I think there's always expectations of the defending champion having tons of pressure. And the pressure's off of them. If they struggle, no one's going to care. I mean, as long as they're not like 10 games under 500, if they have a little bit of, I don't know, 
injury woes or something goes wrong, if they're managed to keep the flow where they're in the top five of the conference, who cares? So I agree with this. Um, I think they are going to finish number one. Um, I don't expect anything changes unless we see some kind of devastating injury. Yeah, great points. And with everyone talking about the Bucks and Celtics, they're just sneaking under the radar. Like you yeah. said, it feels like ideal conditions to make your way back to the finals potentially and maybe repeat. Second on our list, we also have agreement here. So I'll go ahead and just, just shout it out. It's over under. 44 and a half games. So fairly low over under for where we put them, but I do think they will exceed expectations and that's the Sacramento Kings. And I think they are also a little bit underlooked. I wrote on my quick notes for them that they're hungry and they were disappointed from last season. We know how they went out in a game seven against the Warriors. I think that's perfect for fueling that fire and maybe overperforming what their actual talent level is for the regular season. I think they're going to be one of the hungriest teams out there in going for this regular season record. And if you guys want more on the Sacramento Kings, check out our interview with Deuce Mason that was recent and has some great thoughts on the Kings. Justin, I'll, I'll throw it to you. I know you had them second on your list as well. So we've got agreement here, and I think a lot of people are going to disagree with us. Yeah, totally. But I'm willing to take a chance just because I don't trust the other teams. I was honestly, we'll talk about them later. I think it came down to them and the Lakers. But to me, I like their home court. I like their momentum, and especially in a regular season when you have some teams that may not care. I think the Kings, well, they're young and they're hungry and they have that home court like the beam. I think that has a lot of momentum compared to other teams within just the NBA. So I concur. I think they're going to shock some people with the second seed. Doesn't mean they're going to be, you know, in the Western Conference Finals. We'll see. But certainly the regular season, that plays into their favor. Yeah, and it's interesting. The competition, as we've talked about, is so tight in that Pacific division. There, There's no bad team in the Pacific division right now, which is kind of an anomaly. Um, the Suns are our third pick. 51 and a half games is their over-under. I see this situation. I know a lot of people disagree. I see it as potentially volatile with the overlap between Beal and Booker. And if an injury happens, which we know several did last season, then things are, are a little more shaky with them in spite of their newfound depth. And they added someone in the mix who now is pretty important to their success in Yosef Nurkic, who is also an injury-prone player, unfortunately. Now, of course, we wish good health. But my other question, too, is this feels like a super team that doesn't really have a lot to prove in the regular season in spite of them not doing it as a group yet with KD in the fold, you know, late last season. I could see them backing off and just focusing on that health. So those are my main questions. I do think, of course, the talent in the starting five is there. I wavered, honestly. I, I debated putting this team fourth or fifth. Justin, you've got them third as well. So I'll throw to you. What are your thoughts on the Suns? Yeah, I wavered too. This is probably the toughest four through six because I contemplate putting the Lakers here. But it's with Anthony Davis and LeBron. I just couldn't do it. Um, but I think with the Suns, I agree with what you're saying. With Booker and Beal, there is a conflict in terms of their playing styles. And I see, like you were saying, Matt, them 
even though the NBA is being harsher on rest, I can see them, you know, skirting around the rules to make sure they're prepared for, you know, the postseason. And so I think that's why you might see that dip to the third seed. So I think this is where they might end up, but I, I would prepare for them to probably be even more disappointing as well. So, mm. Yep. I, I think a lot of questions for a team with such elite level talent. Um, moving on where we, we finally have our first disagreement on the list, which of course is great. makes it more interesting. I'll start with mine, get your thoughts on my team and then, Let's go into your team as well, which is um, a lot different than my list. So this is going to be good. My fourth place team is going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. 45.5 games is their over under. And my question, can this still can this team still be good without John Morant? They've had stretches where, quite honestly, they've been close to dominant without John Morant in the regular season over the past two years when he's had to miss time for various reasons, injury or otherwise. And we know that Ja has that huge suspension. So I think that's why they're over under is where it is. In spite of that, it's still over what Vegas has for the Sacramento Kings, which I find a little bit shocking. I do think this team being young, this team, Jaron Jackson Jr. getting experience in the World Cup stage. I think you've added some veteran leadership with Derrick Rose. You've added veteran leadership, of course, with Marcus Smart. I think those are good pieces to put on this team that desperately needed more veteran leadership. They lost Dylan Brooks. Grizzlies fans maybe feel like, you know, sayonara, (laughs) take care. Maybe they were kind of packing his bags for him to get him out of there. I do think that's a loss for them overall, but I still think this is a good young team, and I think they're hungry to prove themselves for the regular season. So I do have them as that last home court advantage team. Justin, let us know where you have the Grizzlies on your list, and what do you see as their concerns? Um, I have them six, and I think the John Morant thing is going to be a huge distraction. I did not like the way he mm-hmm. handled it. I mean, there was after the original incident and then the strip club, there was another incident that does not, and it happened within the same time span. We remember, you know, I think it was in the spring, you had a lot of incidents happen within a very short time span. And it just, to me, shows he's just not ready for the big stage as a superstar. I think on the court, he is. He has the skills. I've been a big proponent of his in terms of his skills, but off the court, if he can't handle it, um, I think that's not going to bode well for the Memphis Grizzlies. I will say, though, I agree with Marcus Smart, Derrick Rose, from a veteran standpoint. They're kind of going to be the key in terms of being mentors for John Morant. I think, honestly, if they can impart some wisdom on him, that might be the turning point. But the way his actions were last year, that's why I have him six on this list. Yeah. And so we both have Denver one, Sacramento two, Suns three, just for review. I've got Grizzlies at four. Justin's got them at six. We'll get to that later. Give us your number four. Yeah, my number four is the Lakers. And I really wanted to put them higher, but I feel comfortable with them number four. I really liked what they did in the offseason, excuse me, what they did and with that trade last year and what they did in the postseason. I think it proves, especially with the entire NBA, there's really, even though you take a look at the Suns, they might be classified as a super team. I mean, other than that, you take a look at the rest of the NBA. If you have two superstar players, you can go to the finals. And I think the Lakers are built for that. I think the main question is, does Anthony Davis' health? Can he remain healthy? 
can he just avoid the pitfalls of this regular season as well as LeBron? And I think that's a huge question mark. I think if they can, I think they're going to be a huge favorite to come out of the West. Um, if they can, I think they're going to be disappointing. So we'll see. It's gonna, I have a feeling it's going to be a roller coaster just based on injuries. But um, I think if everything goes well into their favor, this is the year where um, the title might be in their grasp, just depending on if they can get some lucky breaks. I mean, that's the that's the name of the game of the NBA. I mean, you need talent, but you need luck as well. So we'll see. Yeah, we're coming into this era, era of the NBA where feels like, you know, LeBron is kind of phasing out. There's no longer the like, he's going to be in the finals every single year, no matter what. And credit to him, that was a really long stretch. No disrespect intended. But we're getting out of that era. We're also a team we'll talk about later on our list, the Warriors. You know, that era, this feels kind of like their last dance, um, potentially, for that team to compete as as their, if you want to consider it a dynasty, which many do, you know, that's, that's kind of coming to a close. And for me, I, man, I, I haven't seen a gear shift for Anthony Davis in being the guy who is leading this team. No question. Last year, it was still LeBron James. A lot of the story of course was him breaking the scoring title, beating Kareem's record. It still just feels like to me, I want Anthony Davis to take over the reins and let LeBron chill. At the same time, LeBron is still so talented and so effective that it just hasn't happened. I mean, he he is a magnet for the ball, for eyes watching on him, for cues other players are taking from him. And I just don't know if it's going to happen. And I don't know. I, I don't really trust the Lakers to stay hot like they were to finish the season last year. And I don't know, I don't really have a great reason. I know Bill Simmons loves the Lakers for next year too. And that says something because he's a Celtics fan. So the Lakers could really surprise me. I've actually got them. We've got our Lakers and Grizzlies switched. So I've got them as the six seed. Their over under is 48 and a half games. So Vegas likes the Lakers or at least is assuming y'all are going to be betting the over on them to for them to make some money. Um, I don't see the Lakers winning 50 games or even 49 games. I, I would definitely pick the under on the Lakers in a tight Western Conference. But I don't know. I can't really refute your points there, Justin. I mean, if, if AD is healthy yeah. and if, if he's there, this team is set up for some success to make noise. I still wouldn't pick them over some of the top teams on our list in the playoffs, but you know, good points. (laughs) So let's move forward. Let's go to the next team on our list, which is for both you and I, our fifth pick, I think uh, potentially a huge sleeper team. Uh, I think if you've been paying attention to the NBA last year, you will see them coming. And I don't think you'll be surprised by this pick. If you haven't been paying attention, you're going to get shocked this year because at number five, both Justin and I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Their over-under is 44 and a half games. That feels about right to me. I might bet just barely the under, so like right at 44 games. But for this team, who I believe won 40 two games last year, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's 41. Uh, but either way, it's it's a small step in the right direction for this group. They're still very young. Many of their key players still 21, 20. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander was on 
my top 10 talent tier list from the end of last season for the NBA. I think he's going to make me look smart for that. <laughs> Not that that's a, all that hot of a pick, but I think he's going to prove himself worthy of being on my list there. I, I like what this team is doing. I like in the small sample size, how Chet Holmgren is looking. So I'm, I'm very high on the thunder. I know you are too, compared to what we might see from the rest of the NBA community. Give me your thoughts on the thunder. Yeah. Um, just real quick. I concur with that. I think they've had a good game plan in growing their squad in terms of building a good young core. Chuck Hongren is healthy. Um, yeah. Shake Giltris Alexander um, showing that I think he can be a leader on this team. I echo the points you were saying that um, I think they're going to be a team. No one's talking about that's going to surprise some people, but it's one of those things. If you've been watching the NBA, like you've been saying, I mean, this is not a surprise. I think, the question is, can the Thunder, can you see this kind of one-two punch? Can you see them being um, a new dynamic duo uh, within the West? Um, like you're saying, Matt, with you know the Lakers, LeBron is entering the twilight of his career. Don't know how many years Anthony Davis has. Um, can you see OKC kind of taking that spot that the Lakers or Clippers um, once had? Um, I think it's right for the taking for them, so we'll see. Yeah, for me, the answer is definitively yes. Yeah. So just quick review. We both have one, two, three, Denver, Sacramento, and Phoenix. Justin has the Lakers at four. I have the Grizzly at four. We both have OKC at five. Justin has the Grizzlies at six. I have the Lakers at six. We both have the Golden State Warriors, the next team we're going to talk about, at number seven. 48 and five at their over under I would both you and I picked the Lakers over the Warriors for the regular season. I tend to agree with that. I need to see how Chris Paul is going to look on this team. I think in spite of the high basketball IQ on this team, and I think Steve Kerr can find ways to use him. I think it's going to take a little time for that to gel and because let's be honest, looking at this team, it's been the Steph Curry show for, for a long, long time. Even when KD was in the mix and KD was the most talented player, I would argue for those two seasons, he was there. It still was the Steph Curry show and, and the Steph Curry team and bringing a new point guard in the mix, especially with someone who has the personality and the prestige of a Chris Paul I do think that takes some time to gel. And also there's going to be, uh, I think some concerns with injuries there too, and how they're going to need to pace him. And hopefully he's healthy. Obviously I mentioned it earlier. feels like a last dance kind of year for them. We've been saying for a while, I mean, for myself, since clay Thompson dealt with his injuries, like, are the Warriors going to be able to do it? Well, they go and they win a title. I'm not sure they can get back to that level. Justin, what are your thoughts on the Warriors as number seven? So a little background. Um, I'm going to take it in a little different way. Um, yeah. Just growing up, my mom was not a sports fan. She, I think she was wondering, why are you watching this? It's a waste of time. I move out years later. She becomes the biggest sports fan, and she's the biggest <laughs> Golden State Warriors fan. So ah. the other day, she asked me, she's like, what do you think about the Warriors? I'm like, I don't like their chances too much. I mean – they are way older. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't yep. know. Clay nope. Thompson is the same. They're not old, the but they're they're like old for their ages. I just don't see. It, it seems like 
the framework of this team is outdated and yeah. they tried to upgrade and it didn't work. So Fair. I think other than Steph with Clay and especially Draymond, I think they are expendable no matter what happens this year, unfortunately. And with Chris Paul, I think he'll be there for veteran leadership, um, continuity, experience. I mean, I don't know what he could truly add to this team. I mean, the Warriors are fairly experienced with their top three players in terms of winning titles. So I don't really – honestly, he could teach Chris Paul a thing or two, to be honest, in terms of Curry, Draymond, and Clay. So uh, with all due respect. So I just – to me, I think this works there them being number seven. However – them being a veteran team, as we saw them against the Sacramento Kings, I, I think they can pose some problems just due to their veteran, um, this knowledge and leadership, just depending how things play out. So I think it could be a trap series, um, depending on those top teams, the way it plays out. Um, if the Warriors move up, or if you see a lot of the teams, the Nuggets or Kings move down, if they happen to match up with the Warriors, that could be a trap. You don't want to play them in the playoffs, I will say that. Yeah, no, and ironically, we have Sacramento as the two seed, the Warriors as the seven seed, <laughs> if, yeah. if our thing holds up. So there you go. I, I would personally <laughs> love to see that. I, I want too. the revenge match and the chance for redemption for the Kings. Agreed. Um, no, great points. And I, I think I would add, too, people don't like to hear it, but Clay Thompson, to me, is expendable at this point in his career. I, th I think the core pieces you need to keep to be the Warriors are Steph and Draymond at this point. And Draymond, you know, right on the edge, they made their choice as we've talked about in terms of siding with Draymond over Jordan Poole. Um, but I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm with you. I think they will be one of the the lower seeds here, not not in terms of number value, but lower on the list when we get towards playoff time and 100%. I mean, great point. You don't want to meet them in the playoffs. Let's go to, once again, you're in my next agreement number eight on the list the dallas mavericks over under 45 and a half games i see this the note that i made is this is going to be a very frustrated luca year i think luca is going to be expecting home court advantage and that's certainly what he should be shooting for as an elite level player i don't think he's going to get it i think the reasons will be a mix of coaching um i would love to see Kyrie run side by side with him the whole year we just know that for whatever reasons, and there are several, that has not been the case with Kyrie Irving over the last couple of years. Even when there is an off-court stuff going on, the injury bug has unfortunately tended to hit him at times during his career. I hope we get that. It's interesting to me. I don't think, even if he is there, though, that they can, they can win with sort of the, okay, Luca, you take it. Okay, now Kyrie, you take it and the ball not really moving around all that much outside of those two guys having it. Plus, I don't feel like they did all that much to upgrade their roster to fix problems on the defensive side of the ball. To me, it, it spells problems if and when they get to the playoffs, which they didn't last year intentionally, matchup-wise. I don't, I don't see good matchups for them in the playoffs, and I think they're going to lose some games they should win in the regular season as well because – I don't see them being able to stop teams. What are your thoughts on the Mavs? And are there other reasons that you had them at, at the number eight spot here? No, not much to add. I think we agree might be a little bit boring, but I think your reasons are sound. I think 
The only thing is they might provide some disruption if Kyrie and Luca work together. Um, mm. I think that could be very interesting towards some of the top teams. So that's something to keep in mind, but you're right. I mean, do you take a look at Kyrie's track record? I mean, not only injury prone, but also a distraction to the teams he's been on. So, and this is a far worse situation than he previously was on, in my opinion. So, um, I am not optimistic about their chances. And as we have an outspoken owner like Mark Cuban, I can see it being a recipe for disaster for drama. So, yeah, no, all good points. Next on our list, again, collective agreement here. I do have a story time about this, though. I I was making this list, prepping for our episode, as we do. And I wanted to look at, make my list just like how I genuinely felt, just putting it down on paper and then coming back to it. I did make a few edits, and then I looked at the over-unders and wrote them in uh, so that the over-unders wouldn't you know, influence my judgment. With the Timberwolves, that is our next team at number nine, over under 44 and a half games, same number as our, our two seed Sacramento Kings. I, I had them higher when I initially wrote out this list. I, I had them at like number six. And I think that's just because of how impressed I am with Anthony Edwards, how multiple players on this team had World Cup stage time this offseason. I do think that bodes well. But then I kind of got to thinking, I was like, man, do I do I really have the T-Wolves like above the Lakers with LeBron? I mean, potentially it could happen if so. Long story short, if Anthony Edwards explodes and takes a, a leap in his career here, I could see them higher than this number nine spot we have them at. I don't know. It's just tough to trust the Timberwolves. Tough to trust Carl Anthony Towns after after all these years with limited success. Justin, what do you got for me on the Timberwolves? Yeah, um, again, I agree with you. I think it kind of depends on Anthony Edwards. I think it's so it's one of the cool things about the NBA because it's a lot of desperation. There's a lot of teams that have hope. I think you take a look at both these conferences. I mean you'd be hard pressed to find a team where it's like, there's no hope and there's no optimism. Right. You yeah. take a look at pretty much, I would say eight to 12. And those teams are pretty interchangeable depending on luck and circumstances. I mean, any, anything that breaks their way, they can, they can shoot right up. So they're not limited to their seating whatsoever. I'm not a fan of Carl Anthony towns either. I have <laughs> kind of been on that bandwagon. I'm kind of over him. Just based yeah. on what happened with him and Jimmy I think Butler. Jimmy so Butler. Yep. Yep. I just, <laughs> to me, I just think they need to move on from him. And I think this is Anthony Edwards' show. So, and I agree with you. He looked good with the FIBA World Cup. So, um, I hopefully, if things break again, it's just, I know it sounds boring, but it's kind of really a, a luck situation. But I kind of see just their track record, them staying at nine. Yep. Next on our list, I guess you can call us Clipper haters because we have. I'll own that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I will too. And no disrespect to the fans. Actually, you know, if the Clippers match up with the Lakers, I I'm rooting for you guys in the playoffs, to be honest. But uh, as it stands right now, as we've discussed on the show, if you've been watching us, 
you know, we need to see the stars on the court for the Clippers over under here, 46 and a half games. And my note here is there's no trust there. There's no Clippers. You're outside of my circle of trust and we need a lot of work to get you back in there. And if you get James Harden, I don't know that that makes me feel much better. Maybe it makes me feel better about your regular season positioning, maybe. But do we want Westbrook and James Harden back on the same team together? I don't know. Me personally, no. If if I'm a Clippers person, I don't want James Harden. But you all know my bias there as well. Um, it does, in spite of our, you know, drinking the Clippers haterade, whatever you want to say, it still does feel weird to me, I must admit, Justin, to put the Clippers as the 10 seed on our list. Just given that you see Kawhi on the roster and you see Paul George on there, we've mentioned reasons for that. But I, I do feel a little nervous about this one, that maybe this is the year that, that they break through and they re-earn or get back in our circle of trust. I don't know. Obviously, when push comes to shove, I don't see it that way because it's at number 10. What are you thinking about the Clippers? Is, is there anything I'm missing here? No, no. I think we've always hated on this team. And I think, honestly, we've kind of ranked them higher than what they deserved in the past, in my opinion. So I think th this is kind of like a revenge season for <laughs> our previous years of doing this. Um, but this is a you big heard year us, for Clippers. Them. You heard us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think this is a big year for them. I mean... Bombers building the new arena. I've That's heard right. all the new upgrades. And to me, I just have not been impressed with this, you know, duo of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And I just don't see that changing this year. So yeah, I, I would be surprised if they shoot up here, to be honest, compared to the rest of these teams that we're, that we're discussing. So, you know, I co-sign everything that you say and, you know, it's again, when healthy, I'm going to pick the other teams against them, even if they're healthy. So mm. we'll see. It's a big year, though. There's a lot of it's a big pressure situation compared to the other teams on this list, just due to um, them moving out of the Staples Center pretty soon. Yeah, you got to imagine if they're not showing this year, Balmer is going to be like flipping that <laughs> that facility around. Uh, he's, he's going to be yelling and screaming down the hallways, getting people in on those games. And for the record, for what it's worth, I actually really do like Clippers front office. I like Steve Balmer. I, I wouldn't mind if he were me too. You know, yeah. my team's owner. He's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so really it's, it's purely just that we don't know what to expect from them. Who's going to be there when the ball is rolled out and it's, it's time for tip off. Um, moving right along. We have lots of agreement, actually agreement here for our last five picks, which I don't think are earth shattering, but again, there is volatility to discuss here. And that certainly applies to our 11 seed. So that would be teams now looking just outside of the play-in tournament when push comes to shove. And that is the New Orleans Pelicans win-loss over under 44 and a half games. Once again, that matches the Sacramento Kings who are our two seed. Um, so it shows you how conflicted Vegas is and also that Vegas believes like we do that the West is going to be tightly contested. That's not a hot take at all. I, I think that will uh, come to pass. 
Now, my question with the Pelicans, what are they doing with Zion? It was tumultuous last year. Is he going to be around? Is there a potential breakup coming this season? Are we trading Zion for parts? Are they going to piece things together? And if we have Brandon Ingram and Zion on the court for, I would say, more than half of the season together, Pelicans could easily make us both look foolish for putting them here. But I don't know. It's tumultuous to me i think it's warranted to ask now if if zion really wants to be there and if zion really is everything that we had hoped he'd be i don't think that's outrageous now that we've had several years to watch zion in the league drafted in 2019 it's a big year for him and obviously for this franchise as well what are you thinking about the pelicans justin yeah I agree with you. It's a similar situation to Memphis, but worse. I mean, Ja has shown himself to be an MVP level player at times. Zion has not um, in terms of long stretches of time. And now, and now you add the off the season drama as well, off the court drama of Zion. I mean, that's just another factor in this. I think this is his last chance. It's unfortunate. I think, man, I just feel like, if his rookie year was not near the pandemic, what would have what would have happened? I mean, just the mm-hmm. timing was just pretty horrible in terms of his injuries and just the pandemic and just his progress. I think that really hampered the situation. But like you're saying, man, if things go well, it could break well for the Pelicans. You saw they were rising when Zion was healthy. I mean, they looked really good. Yeah. Um, you know, when things were clicking. But that's a just a big F and you know, I think Man, I try how I'm trying to phrase this correctly. I don't <clears throat> I think I am mostly am sensitive of other people's needs in terms of like, hey, when you're crossing the line of criticism, there is a line to be drawn. But I think with Zion with his weight, I think that's an appropriate criticism. I you know, I we've seen a lot of legend at first I was like, I don't know why you go after this guy's weight. I mean Let's just see. But to me, it is what it is. The evidence just points to that. I mean, you have an exercise science background. You know better than I do, Matt. So to me, I just think at this point, him getting hurt, him having all these issues and his potential as, I would say, a top 75 player in terms of ever. I think I really I don't think he has to have potential. But yeah, tools. Yeah. With his injuries and I think what we've seen with his weight. You know, I think that's a lot on him, and I think that's truly unfortunate. Yeah, I I mean, it's to the point where since last season, I have been pretty pro, like, let's get value for Zion, especially the the controversies that went down that we're now, now we we have a combination of physical injuries with off-the-court drama stuff. To me, if I'm behind closed doors, if I'm that organization, I'm seeing what I can get. Uh, for parts for Zion. And, you know, I I don't think, I mean, certainly after drafting him, nobody would have thought that would be the case. And you're right. There are several things that are unfortunate about that, but um, reality is what it is. And I think the the Pelicans should do what's right for that franchise. Uh, This, like we said earlier, this is going to be a pivotal year for that. Justin, I want you to lead the next one since I've been leading all of these. I want to give you the chance to get your, Shots in there first. This, sure. this was a team that I almost put ahead of the Pelicans at number 11 because of their continuity. Give us our number 12 spot, if you would, please. Yeah, number 12, we both agree, Utah Jazz. Um, 
not much to add from me. Um, I agree with their continuity. However, their growth potential, right. I like the Pelicans a little bit better. And I just think, to me, I think the Jazz are definitely better than the rest of the teams we're going to be talking about. But the teams ahead of them, if even things break a little their way, I just can't put the Jazz above them, unfortunately. Yeah, they just don't have a very high ceiling at this point until they get someone else in there. I mean, Walker Kessler can maybe make an extra jump, but I don't think it's the type of thing that translates to a bunch more regular season wins. He does make them a tougher matchup, but we saw him make leaps and bounds his rookie season that that we were not expecting um, as a contributor. And I think also they kind of had sort of like a, like a sucker punch aspect to them at the start of the season last year, where it's like, Oh, the jazz this is going to be a rollover team. They don't have Donovan Mitchell. They don't have Rudy Gobert anymore. Awesome. Let's get the win. Oh my goodness. They're full court pressing. Oh my goodness. They're, they're pacing the floor so quickly. They're, they're getting layups. They're getting open threes. What, what is going on here? We did not teams are ready for that scheme. Now they're not going to get sucker punched by the jazz. Like I put it there. Number 13, Justin, <laughs> if you would, please. Sure. Um, it is your Houston Rockets. Yes. Um, Not I at think, the bottom. <laughs> I think finally this team can focus on rebuilding. I think they can focus on really trying to focus on the future compared to before. It seemed like there was a lot of some of drama there. So, yeah. I and mean, now it seems like James Harden, him coming back is out the window. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, I like their young core and I think this is right where, you know, they're set to be. I think if they leapfrog any of these other teams, they're ahead of schedule. So um, at this point, I don't think they need to necessarily worry about it. Let me put it this way. If they're sniffing the play in tournament. I think that's an accomplishment. I think if they're competitive within having that discussion and not just being completely willed out of it, I think that's a huge jump for them. But otherwise I think the 13th seed is, right there for them. Yeah. Yeah. And my note on them is that they're trending up. Yeah. They've got adults in the room um, with Fred Van Vliet on the court and with coach Udoka obviously coming in. I think to this point, he's been the biggest difference maker that we've seen. Agreed. And they're kind of locked in from a salary perspective. I mean, they, they do have draft capital. They can move pieces around if they needed to, but really they're, they're kind of, they have all the pieces that they want. And now it's a matter, like you said, of building and developing those pieces. Is Shangun going to be the guy who runs that offense and they go up a level that way? Is Dylan Brooks coming in going to really ramp up their defense and can they get other help in there? Really, this team is designed to shine once Fred Van Vliet finishes his second year and Amen Thompson can potentially take over as the starting point guard with, with his size and versatility. You know, he's got that potential to really be a next level player if he can develop and if he can um, become a consistent scoring threat, especially around the basket. So yeah, I, I like what I see as a disappointed Rockets fan the past couple of years. It's, <laughs> it's nice to have, you know, some some rays of light coming through between still a little bit of darkness. But, you know, the sun is starting to rise, it feels like. So 
let's go into our number 14 pick. And that is the San Antonio Spurs over under here, 29 and a half games. That is going to be up from their 22 game win total from last season. I do think that's reasonable expectations. I would bet the under on that just because I don't think they are in a rush to consider themselves contenders. I think they will still want a high lottery pick. I just think they'll do it in a way that like they've done in the past, that's not going to be detrimental to the stars that they have. So they want Wemby to be able to shine and develop. They'll get pieces around him eventually that help him just to do that. But I just don't see them having those pieces right now. And I don't see a lot of paths for them to get those pieces. We know small market there. Maybe there's some intrigue in getting to be the one who plays with Wemby, but we're going to have to wait and see if that happens. So I think this is an appropriate ranking from us both Spurs 14th. What else do you think about the Spurs, Justin? Yeah. Um, not much to the add. I think this is the Wemby show. Um, this based yeah. on his preseason games, he looks, he looks spectacular. I mean, he has, I think as long as he stays healthy, he's everything that people have said about him. He can play at this pro level. And I think it's just a matter of him. I think it's his body. And I think it's one of those things kind of like the opposite of the Zion situation in terms of him, you know, gaining that muscle in him, having that stability for a certain amount of time. And I think we've seen players of a similar skill set in Kind of the same ballpark. I think Wemby's told a little bit different compared to Embiid and Giannis. But in terms of body type, I've seen we've seen those guys really keep it together from an injury standpoint. So I think it is possible. Um, but my the injury concern does worry me because I think you know we've seen both those guys run into that at the beginning of their careers, and I think that could be a pitfall for Wemby just the way he plays. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely. There, There is history there that can't be denied in terms of guys that big that yeah. can move quickly. So we'll see and we'll hope for the best, of course. Probably the most exciting thing of the preseason thus far was Wemby matching up with Chet Holmgren recently. Yeah. So it's going to be cool to see that go down several more times in the regular season. And we know that if OKC is doing well and if Chet Holmgren, if, if they're getting wins, Chet's going to let Wemby know about it. <laughs> There's already like a little bit of a Western conference rivalry in spite like of these it. guys never having played yeah. a regular season game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I love it. Hopefully it becomes one of those classic rivalries that we mm -hmm. get to see year after year. Last team on our list. We said, you know, for number 14, it's Wemby watch for the Spurs. Our last team in the Western conference in spite of, I think, Having more depth and talent than the Spurs in terms of like getting Aiden um, and getting, you know, pieces that they got through trading Drew Holiday away, through yeah. trading Damian Lillard away. I just think there's there's no incentive right now for Portland to really go for it. It's going to be the Scoot Henderson show. And it's going to take a while for this team to build it back up. Now, I do think there is a real threat that, if if Aiton becomes dominating, as he said, you know, that that's two potentially good pieces there that could launch them over the Spurs, put them in that 14 range, maybe even above the Rockets if the Rockets aren't as hot as um, or, you know, hot compared to how they've been. 
So there's real potential, I think, for the Blazers to move up this list, all depending on how Scoot Henderson performs. And everyone's saying Scoot Henderson is NBA ready. I don't know. I want to see him come in and run an offense first, see how that goes down. What do you think about the Blazers and their potential to climb in the standings there? I mean, are you, are you as um, iffy about them ascending like that as I am? I am, yeah. It's by the reasons you outlined. There's like, like you said, there's no incentive for them to really push pedal to the metal. I think it's, and also, you know, let Scoot Henderson develop. I mean, he doesn't have to be this all-star phenomenal player his first year. Just let the guy just evolve into his role where there's no pressure. And especially like what's, what's the incentive in really pushing this guy, let the guy develop um, with no he pressure. He seems like the type that's going to push himself. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would not be surprised. I mean, I'm not saying all-star this first year, sure. but I don't think it's going to take very long if, if he's got all the tools that we think he has. Yeah. Well, he could have more inflated stats as being on a bad team. True. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. All right, you guys, let us know our lists, where you guys think we're right, where you think we totally bonked and are way off. We would love to know your feedback. Justin, why don't you give us real quick your one through 15, yeah. and then I'll give you mine, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, one through 15 at the Denver Nuggets, number one. The Kings are number two. The Suns are number three. You got the Lakers at four. OKC at five. Memphis at six. You got the Warriors at seven. The Dallas Mavericks at eight. You got the Timberwolves at nine. Clippers at 10. 11 have the Pelicans. 12, the Jazz. 13th, the Rockets. 14th, the Spurs. And rounding out this list is the Portland Trailblazers. Mark it down, y'all. In my list, one, two, three, we agree. Nuggets, Kings, Suns. Then I got the Grizzlies at four. The Thunder at five, making a big leap this year. The Lakers at six, which I believe is where they finished last year. Warriors at seven. Mavs at eight. T-Wolves at nine. Clippers at 10. Pelicans at 11. Jazz 12. Rockets 13. Spurs 14. Blazers 15. So again, let us know where you agree, disagree. Did we put the Kings way too high at that number two seed? Did we put the Clippers way too low at that number 10 seed? Let us know. Again, reminder, you can check out all our YouTube content interviews. You can check out our podcast feeds, wherever you're doing that. Get some great off-season content. You can also email our mailbag, hoopsologypod at gmail.com. We'll be back very soon with some more interviews and some more great episodes of In the Labs. For Justin Goodrum, I'm Matt Thomas. Peace out. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Hoopsology, presented by Boss Life. If you have comments or questions about this episode, please email hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on all social media platforms.